You talked about a couple of more hikes, same time that the metals spiked. Well, hello there, my friends. Chris Marcus here with you for Arcadia Economics. And today we are digging back into gold and silver, especially as we have now had the Fed's latest meeting and the press conference here with my friend David Stein. We're recording on Wednesday afternoon. So just shortly after the Fed's press conference where Jerome Powell had his usual riveting testimony and we will touch on some of the highlights of that, as well as the gold and silver reaction. But before we dig into that, as well as some other gold and silver news and just the things that are going on out there in the metals world, David, it's great to have you back on the show and nice to see you again. And how's everything going today? Well, thanks for having me, Chris. Happy New Year. I think this is the first time we've uh, we've talked this year. And uh yeah, just uh, can't wait to get 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 into it this year. Lots lots of uh, things going on, and uh, you know, hoping for a better year than last year. Well, so far, I'd say we're especially on the gold side, off to a good start, and I think in many ways, hopefully, uh, I guess we don't take enough time to mention this, but hopefully, life and health for people in general just going well because there are things outside of the financial markets, even if. That's what we normally talk about on the show, although amazing. We're already a month into uh, the 2023, and since you mentioned that, today, as we're recording on February 1st, this will be posted Thursday the 2nd, but David, would you like to remind uh, everyone, we talked about it before we started, what today is the anniversary of? It's the second anniversary of Silver Squeeze. That's right, and uh, amazing. Two years have gone by already, and there you can see uh, the blue line was the 29th, silver down at 26 bucks. And you were talking about that roundtable we did over the weekend where there was a lot of attention placed on gold and silver. A lot of the retail dealers did not necessarily run out of supply, but ran out of hedge supply, and hence we see that big spike up on the Sunday night. And of course, the green line would be February 1st when if you're actually looking at the futures price touched over $30 before coming back down. And then with this chart that I just updated, we can see that by the Fe February 2nd, which was the Tuesday already, we had prices lower despite record setting demand into the SLV fund and from the bullion side. But before we get to the Fed press conference, any thoughts on the things that have transpired in that two-year period since then? While the price slightly lower, certainly a lot of unusual things have happened. And what are your recollections or feedback on the last two years? Well, I guess, you know, purely from the metals, the silver metal point of view, um, because, you know, uh, silver as a commodity and obviously the the equities like the you know the company that i run uh kuya uh they can act very differently even if their fundamentals are you know similar or the same um but anyway so uh so in terms of the metal itself um i mean it's been a i guess it's been a a good couple of years to build up uh, you know, a new following for silver. I think uh, I think that's been sort of mission accomplished in terms of the the movement, and uh, you know, getting a lot more 
uh, new people and younger people interested in, you know, in commodities and especially in silver. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's, it, it's uh, a lot of other macro things have happened in the past two years. Um, I think when the, when the, when the Fed started finally raising interest rates, um, in, uh, you know, middle of last year, that really, you know, killed momentum for, uh, you know, a lot of risk assets and including the metals. And we sort of gradually just worked our way back from there. So you're, you know, so, uh, you, you know, you're right. We're sitting almost where we were two years ago. Um, you know, with, with silver at, you know, about 24 now. And, uh, you know, the, the, the fundamentals, uh, look really good. Um, you know, we're, we're all, we all know about silver's uses. We know about the, you know, the, the monetary, uh, side of silver as well. Um, which again, keep, seems to keep growing. And I think will keep growing into, uh, in the next few years. Um, you know, the world's a, a much more risky place today than it was two years ago, I would say with, you know, what's going on in Ukraine and definitely tensions with China are raised or elevated as well. So that's how I would sum up the, the last two years for silver. Yeah, and well said, uh, again, back there uh, when the price was touching over $30 for a few hours, um, found out in that interesting report from the LBMA that came out a couple of months later, in their words, that they were weeks away from running out of silver. Never heard too much more about that. Heard that the amount of metal that allegedly went into the trust was miscounted. And then, of course, in the time since then, it's interesting what might have happened had the Fed not been raising interest rates, because last couple of months we saw those reports from Silver Institute, record demand, record deficit, and uh, paints an interesting picture of what we have going forward. Although coming back to the present day, as I mentioned earlier, we had the latest. Sorry, can, I say, can I just say something about that chart? Sure. You made a really good point, which I just I kind of want to jump on here, which is that if you sort of take out this, what is it, six, eight month blip where, you know, from May of 2022, uh, where silver got crushed, went all the way down to September and then sort of bounced back up again by end of the year. So that's seven months. So other than that seven month blend, you know, the, the price has been pretty, pretty stable. I mean, it was really holding in between sort of 24 and 26, right? For most of 2021, 20, 22. So it goes to show that, you know, maybe that was a bit just a, you know, a, a very sort of short term blip trading related um, in, in the fundamental story, which is, which is a lot stronger. Yeah, that's a fair point. Here we have the chart going back to February of 2020. This is a three-year chart, and you can see it's hovered around that range. And certainly, as you mentioned, we had that dip, which, again, it was interesting, I, I think, right? You see the very bottom of it was when we were at the Silver Symposium last year, and certainly a, a tough time to be at a Silver Focus conference when we were at the absolute bottom yet. Fascinating that we've seen this rise because that's happened while the Fed is still raising interest rates. Again, on Wednesday, they raised a quarter of a point, which was largely expected. Though interesting reaction in the metals you see here, this was during the press conference, spike up in silver, uh, spike up as well in gold. Be interesting by the time this airs on Thursday. We'll, we'll see how things have been looking since then. But going to play a short snippet of Jerome Powell here, just 
so people can hear this and something that I thought was one of the more significant things from his press conference, and you can give your comment, but let's take a couple seconds listening to Jerome here. So we, you know, we've raised rates four and a half percentage points, and we're talking about a couple of more rate hikes to get to that level we think is appropriately restrictive. And why do we think that's probably necessary? We think because inflation is still running very hot. We're, of course, taking into account long and variable lags, and we're thinking about that. So he thinks inflation is still running hot, that there are some lags. And interesting that it was right around the time he was saying that, though, that there you talked about a couple of more hikes, same time that the metals spiked, a little bit of a counterintuitive reaction. But David, any thoughts on the latest news out of the Fed or making some sense out of the reaction that we've seen there? Um, well, I mean, it, it sounds like uh, it sounds like he's being more hawkish than um, than our central bank governor in Canada. Um, so uh, that's just kind of interesting because that's, you know, a big factor of how currencies and therefore and metals trade is is uh, and the precious metals in particular is, uh, you know, depends on the, 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 the delta between you know, different countries and what their policies are. And so, uh, so that's, that's kind of the, the interesting, uh, thing that I pull out of that. I mean, uh, um, I guess he's, he's, uh, he's, he's really, uh, trying to not give too much away at this point and, uh, just, you know, keep, keep the options open for the next uh, meeting. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. And at times it almost feels as if maybe the market's just, some degree aren't believing what he's saying. And um, we have seen the inflation rates, at least according to the government numbers, come down. And especially a point that Craig Hemke had on the show when he was here last week. So a lot of the bigger inflation numbers were <clears throat> that are included in those year-over-year -year, uh, reviews that come out will be filtering out. So while one could debate whether prices are really slowing down as much. At least there's reason to suggest that the inflation numbers themselves will be coming down. And we'll see. I think a lot of people still expecting that pause or perhaps reversal later this year. And again, uh, David, are you surprised that we have seen as much movement in gold and silver over these past couple months while they've still been going and raising rates higher? In a way, no, and uh, and the reason is is that because the um, the incremental raises now don't really do that much um, on a percentage basis, you know. So they've gone from basically the the machete uh, in uh, you know in May where they were you know making you know huge percentage moves in terms of the the interest rate uh, delta now to move a quarter point on you know on uh, whatever four percent is uh percentage basis is is pretty small that's a pretty now they're more in the fine-tuning phase and so in that sense i'm not surprised that metals are, are trading higher and it'll be interesting to see you know what happens in the uh when when the full pivot is when people realize that realize the full pivot um the thing that's you know that's bound to happen we're definitely seeing a lot of cracks in our economy in canada um you know we're more sensitive economy to interest rates, I think, in general. Um, and uh, and so, uh, 
you know, I I think it's just a matter of time before that kind of spills over and you, you see it more in the U.S. as well. Yeah, what, what do you think will actually happen when they do get to the point where they lower interest rates? It's interesting, in his previous press conference from December, he talked about how their, their summary of economic projections showed, I believe it was 4.1% at the end of 2024, 3.1% in 2023. So while they're talking about raising rates now, I mean, they're acknowledging that in the future, they're they are planning to take them lower. And any, do you have any uh, particular thoughts on when they do cut interest rates at some point? Do you think that will be just a watershed moment for gold and silver? Well, I, I think gold and silver will will uh, they'll it'll um it will it will predict that that it happens before it happens. So you'll probably you'll see the metals moving ahead of it. Um. So uh, that that's you know I, that's my that's my thought, but you know but regardless of the exact timing, uh, I think it will be a, a watershed moment. I think that will be, um, you know, a big that'll mark a big upswing in the in the price of the metals for sure. Well, I'm inclined to <laughs> agree with you on that one, and I suppose we'll see. Uh, I guess mid 2023, not all that far off, as we're now a month into the year already. Another thing that happened recently over the weekend, we had the Vancouver Resource Investment Conference. Uh, interesting article here about our metals headed for a golden age. Something that I think you'd be well qualified to talk about because uh, midway through they mentioned there's been a general underinvestment in new supply for many metals, including gold. Obviously, we've talked about silver, but it, it seems like a lot of the metals that are going to be needed for this green revolution there's going to be problems meeting that and is this in line with what you've been seeing that we're really going to be facing some gaps going forward uh yeah definitely i think um you know the 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 peak of the metals investment was probably 2011 or 12 and so we've been 10 years with uh, on a you know on a, basically in a declining trend there um and um uh so that so that's one thing um the other thing is just geologically you know ore deposits become harder to find over time you know the easy ones get found were found 100 years ago plus um and uh and it's slower more technology it's more expensive to find them um permitting is a lot more slower now in in you know most countries so it's something where the metal, it's going to be very difficult for the metals to catch up. You know, I'm speaking about all metals, not, not silver in particular, but silver follows this trend exactly. Um, and I mean, really, um, you know, obviously this article is, you know, kind of biased because it's, it comes from our industry, but, you know, I don't think metal metals and mining investments is really a, a big theme of generalist investors yet. Like it was in, you know, 2007, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, in that, in that area, in that era. Um, and, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, the, 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 there's nothing particularly exciting about, um, about the, uh, about the equities prices in, in general. I think if you look at the indexes, they're still pretty weak. Um, although they've, they have rebounded off the lows, but you know, they're, they're not anywhere in bull market territory. And, um, the other factor going back to your question is, 
when we do get a surge in investment, those dollars tend to go into, or a lot of the do dollars get, can get sucked up by, you know, sort of grassroots exploration. And, uh, you know, that, the, those types of companies and, you know, they, they uh, very few of them ever, ever actually find anything, let alone build a mine. And if they do, it takes, you know, 10 plus years. So it really has nothing to do with the metals, uh, actual supply demand, very, very little to do with it. Um, except over a decade long kind of, you know, if you look at it over decades, it might, but in the, in the short term, it has no effect whatsoever. Yeah. And you mentioned in terms of demand of whether people are looking out to the metals yet, and I continue to find it interesting. We may have talked about this before, but. I think worth sharing again, <clears throat> Saudi Arabia courts Australian miners for $170 billion plan. And while it seems like uh, the U.S. and Canadian governments are not too concerned about the things that are going on here, interesting trend where we see OPEC countries creating infrastructure to trade outside of the dollar. A lot of countries in the East making investments in metals and things that would be required for this green movement. So certainly a difference uh, in the way different parts of the globe are looking at this. Although with that said, David, uh, here's another thing that I'd love to get your opinion on. Don't see often, but recently we had on CNBC, silver prices could touch a nine-year high in 2023. They're even talking about insufficient supplies of silver. And I believe down here, you even have silver shortage in the mainstream news also last week silver etfs likely record huge upside in 2023 now that's yahoo talking about it and also recently we had fox business news gold and silver boom predicted during as the u.s hits its debt ceiling maybe some select stories but uh i found it interesting just seeing that some of the more mainstream outlets or even talking about gold and silver and not saying that that's flooding the Wall Street consensus yet, but perhaps at least a good sign that the word is getting out there of some of these things that are going on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think it's, um, uh, you know, I, I think if you go back a couple of years, um, you know, all of the, all of the talk about, you know, the the um the weaknesses or failures of of monetary pol policy and inflation were going to be solved by bitcoin um and crypto and you know that i think you know um you know was a little bit of a missed opportunity you know uh for for precious metals a few years ago um and uh but you know now it, it seems to be there you know they're getting looked on more seriously by by generalists and and so uh, i think that that does bode well for uh for the next leg up for sure yeah and i'll pull this one back up for a second kind of funny we have expert government spending is a major problem and <laughs> yes uh we we have noticed um uh, i wouldn't imagine you have any thoughts on how the u.s is going to address the debt ceiling other than raise it or any thoughts? Uh, maybe, maybe we'll finally see the trillion dollar platinum coin thrown out there. Uh, seems like it's getting pretty silly at this point with uh, like, why have the thing if you're just going to end up raising it after a political squabble over the thing. But I'm assuming you don't think that the debt ceiling is going to be held in place and actually prevent 
the whole thing from going further into debt. Is that fair to say? Um, yeah, I mean, my understanding is that the debt ceiling is really more of a political issue than than anything else. And uh, so, I, I mean, I think that is a, that is a volatile uh, <laughs> a volatile point because obviously the you know the Congress is very deeply divided right now, and um, so so I, yeah, I think that could be a risk to the to the market. Uh, I was surprised that they. Um, you know that there there was i guess it was earlier in january they said they were going to hit the debt ceiling and then yellen said but she can like manage stuff move things around for six more months or something before like they really stop have uh to default on paying people and stuff it, so it I sounds guess a gonna... lot like accounting fraud doesn't it? <laughs> I, I guess we're in that six month period now so so we'll we'll see yeah, and I mean, meanwhile, while you have that going on, someone that many people who watch the show are familiar with, Zoltan Pozar, mentions in finance, everything is about marginal flows. These matter the most for largest marginal borrow, the U.S. Treasury. If less trade is invoiced in U.S. dollars and there's a dwindling recycling of dollar surpluses into traditional reserve assets such as treasuries, the exorbitant privilege the dollar holds as the international reserve currency could be under assault and... I think it might be fair to say that it is under assault at this point. Perhaps there's not the replacement out there yet, although it seems like there's a lot of places around the globe where they're banding together, trying to figure out what that could look like. Um, so perhaps not to say the dollar is going to end today or in the next year, but it seems like people are getting a little bit fed up with that. Would you Would you agree with that? We're hitting on some really big topics today. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, my sense is that the the trend it is trending in that way, but we, this could be a trend that could take decades to really play out. Um, you know, this is a very slow process of you know of of you know what happens to empires and uh, over human history, and um, you know, I think the problem with any alternative right now is that the you know the countries that are that see the US dollar as a threat, um, probably really deep down don't trust each other either. So you get, you know, that and that's the, that's really the benefit of the of the US dollar is that you still have a large majority and, and especially of where the GDP is in the world does actually is allied with the US and trusts, you know, the US. Um, and so, um, so that's, that's, so the US dollar has that going for it. But you know, the, the cracks are starting to form. And um, I think, uh, you know, over the over the coming years and decades, you know, I, I think we'll we'll see, you know, we'll see that play out, whether that is, you know, picking one leader like China and going to that as a sort of a, you know, a, a second reserve currency, um, you know, and, and some of these other countries doing a lot of trade in, in Chinese in Chinese yuan or or whether they make up a new currency. I don't you know, that's that's really tough to say. Yeah, I don't think there's a set answer out there yet, just yet, although perhaps, uh, at least in my opinion, has a lot to do with why we do see gold over $1,900, even in the face of the rate hikes. And of course, there was even a paper by the IMF last week talking about gold and how some of the countries are concerned after what they saw with Russia getting kicked out of the SWIFT system last year. So 
certainly uh, be interesting to see how these things unfold going forward. And David, before we wrap up, though, uh, I was hoping you could give us an update on how things are coming along at Kuya, as you're one of the people that is going to hopefully help chip in with this silver deficit that we're seeing as you're on the road to going into production later this year. And perhaps you could give people an update on how things are coming along. Yeah, well, look, I mean, our, our strategy with, with Kuya and our flagship Bethania asset is is to uh, start off with a modest operation that can be expanded over over time. And we're, you know, we're on track to do that. Um, you know, we, we hit a, a number of really great milestones, positive milestones in 2022, uh, including the, you know, first ever resource estimate, uh, getting a, the plant uh, design and, and the plant site permitted. Uh, for for a new plant tailings to build there at some point uh, at site and and that's in the picture and behind me there um, the uh, uh, we also uh, made a number of new discoveries and so we've really extended the 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 uh, basically the mineralization known mineralization at surface so we have a lot more places to go and drill and grow that resource by you know multi multi times what it is now today in our, our opinion um, and then. Uh, and then finally, we also did a really, you know, really positive PEA on the on the uh, on the plant uh, on that first stage plant that we uh, that we designed. So with all of those milestones, you know, sort of in the books, now we're we're looking at, uh, um, you know, getting some early production this year. You know, hopefully, uh, you know, we'll be able to make more announcements on that in the you know in the next few weeks and months. Uh, per, you know, we'll be able to prove the concept. We'll be able to make make money. You know basically right away at these prices, uh, even, even at, uh, even at smaller tonnages, and then we'll ramp it up from there. And with the ultimate goal to build the plant as we, you know, originally designed, uh, and we're on, you know, we're on track to do all that. And if, you know, the ideally we'll, we'll also do exploration at the same time, because frankly, the exploration story at Bethania has actually gotten, you know, uh, a lot better than even I would have expected, uh, you know, let's say a year or two ago. Um, you know, with the with with being able to acquire Carmelita and then making that new discovery, Carmelita's Norte, it's really expanded the 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 amount of veins that we have on surface to to drill at depth. And I mean, that's basically how the Bethania deposit evolved. The original mine where we where we have our our resource, uh, you know, it evolved from a surface discovery on the side of a hill, and they basically went in and started mining it. And um, you know. These uh, these high grade veins uh, are can be you know very very rich and rewarding. Um, you know we we don't do things that way nowadays. We we drill first and we make a proper mine plan. Um, so that's that's what we'll be doing uh, as we go forward. But uh, it's definitely nice to know that we have so much mineralization around, and that should give us you know years and years of exploration and growth with the resource. Um, and it really, uh, it, it really makes the likelihood of an, of a further expansion of the plant, uh, you know, after we build the, the first one, uh, we'll probably be right away looking at, you know, expanding it. So, so it's, uh, it's, it's exciting, um, you know, lots to do there. Um, it's been a really, really tough market for, for us, particularly, I have to acknowledge that it's, uh, you know, our, our, uh, our, our share price has not done very well, um, you know, whether that's Peru or, or whatever, but, you know, our, our guys in Peru have delivered, they've delivered permits, they've delivered the exploration success uh, and all the other technical milestones that we've asked of them. So 
we've really uh, we've really got a you know a tiger by the tail here, and look forward to developing it in uh, you know this year and and going forward. Yeah, I know that you've been moving things forward, and obviously a lot of the silver stocks had a tough year in 2022. And um, but I think something we talked about last time, maybe the last thing you could touch on is that in terms of the actual fundamentals and the progress you've had there. Um, everything seems to be still on track as far as that side so far. Yeah, like, I mean, I think I would stack up our, you know, our results in 2022 up against anyone else's. And I, I think we did a fantastic, uh, we did a fantastic job. Um, unfortunately, um, you know, when you're in the wrong sector or you're in the wrong, you know, whatever, as, as an equity, you know, you don't always get, get paid for that immediately. Um, so that's uh you know that's that's just that's one of the uh one of the one of the risks of being a public company i guess but it's also an opportunity for new investors to get in really cheap so um so i, I think uh yeah that's that's the way i see it right now well appreciate that david and for people who do have questions would like to find out more about what you're doing there could you just let them know the website and how they could best get those answered yeah, go to the website uh, com, and uh, from there you can uh, subscribe to our uh, to our uh, email, and uh, or you can just contact us uh, directly. You can see the the tab up there that Chris clicked on. That's a, a great way to contact us. That's that's probably the best way. It'll get us directly. Well, appreciate that. Appreciate that you do communicate to your investors and also that you continue to come out and speak. Uh, obviously, you know, a tough year last year, although I think there's a lot to be said for making yourself available to answer the questions and let people know at least what's going on so they can decide whether that is something that's suitable for them. So also appreciate yeah. you coming by and talking some silver with everything that's going on and with the Fed's meeting today and be fun to see how silver reacts by the time this is posted on Thursday, but just great to catch up with you again and happy new year to you, my friend, and look forward to doing this again soon. Thanks. It was, it was fun. Thanks, Chris.